Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to my shelves. My shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's a Polaroid of my lovely friend John Bartlett's dog, um, Tiny Tim, who only had three legs. Oh, sadly, no longer with us. Here's my Sid Vicious action figure, who, of course, appropriately, is in a yellow coffin-shaped box. And today I am talking to Nicola Barishish and Jimmy Wilson. Do you look back on that fondue, Jimmy, or do you just think it was the biggest nightmare of your life? It's my favorite thing I've ever done in my professional career, for sure. Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. Nicola is my manager. Now, that means that he manages all the different strands of my eclectic career. He's the kind of go-to, ground-zero person of Alan Cumming, international actor of renown. Um, and uh, Jimmy Wilson is uh, now a, a Broadway producer, uh, but he used to be, before that, uh, my assistant. He was my top international su- assistant for a few years. So you can imagine he's got a few stories. And the item from my shelves I'm talking to Jimmy and Nicola about today is a sort of green sign with sort of yellow bits on it. One of these sort of signs that they stick on your dressing room door when you do a show. And this one says Mucko Polo, M-U-C-K-O Polo. I have another one which just says my name. But the reason I've got it is that this is what um, I uh, was on the door of my dressing room when I did Sesame Street. That's right. I was in Sesame Street, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine the honour? I played a character called Mucko Polo. He was a sort of... Um, he looked a bit like Marco Polo and he went around the world looking for grouchiness. And uh, it was such fun. I loved being on Sesame Street so much. I had a song. It was just great. Um, and the reason I'm talking to Jimmy and Nicola about it is that they came with me to uh, Sesame Street and had a, a blast of a time too. Also, as you'll hear, my uh, friend and security person and driver, Carmine, he came too. And my publicist at the time, Catherine, she came along too. So I had this huge posse of people all coming with me. They don't normally. They just came because they were so desperate to spend a day on Sesame Street. And who can blame them? So first of all, I was excited to go on Sesame Street. I, you know, it was, it was, uh, I love things like that. I've just been asked to go on The Simpsons. And that's another sort of one of those kind of, you know, cultural iconic things. But you guys were so much more excited than I was. 
And I, I mean, and I think it's partly because I didn't grow up with Sesame Street. Did you both, was Sesame Street like something that was oh, in yeah. your childhood all the Absolutely. time? Very much so. What, you came home and watched it? Came home and watched it or, you know, whenever I was, you know, it was in the afternoon and being permitted to, or, you know, at any, any chance, it was kind of always like after school around like a, an afternoon, like a late afternoon uh, daily kind of thing. But and so, did you like learn to read and things because with the help of Sesame Street? Definitely that, helped that with learning the alphabet. I I, I remember counting, it more like yeah. see it, the count. kindergarten and stuff. Counting as well. See, I didn't have that at all. I mean, Sesame Street to me is kind of like I remember the Muppets, and then I remember finding out there was another thing called Sesame Street. But I mean, what did you guys feel when you um, heard I was going to go on on uh, Sesame Street? I mean, I can speak for myself. <laughs> I was extremely excited and definitely felt a large wave of nostalgia kind of come over me. Um, you know, not uh-huh. really realizing, I think, how it was really going to make me feel until we actually met that day. And I remember it was like, it was a whole thing. It yeah. was like, Catherine, Ro- you know, your publicist was coming and Jimmy and Carmine, yes. and, you know, I'm sure you were like, what the hell is going yes. on here? Like, why are all these people like showing up well, here? What's so hilarious is that, you know, I spend a lot of time sort of trying to convince and sort of demystify the thing of like the, the fact that, you know, famous actors go around with a whole entourage. I don't, I don't, I'm a very self-sufficient sort of person. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll go somewhere with one person or often I do things on my own. I'm a big boy. And that day (laughs) I had a huge posse of people and it was all because, and I sort of was like, I don't, they don't normally come. They're only here because it's Sesame Street. They're only here to meet the puppets. It was so hilarious. What about you, Jimmy? What? I can't remember another time where we all came like that. To be honest, no. it was never like that. <laughs> All of you from different, like Carmine, <laughs> sort of hard as nails, Italian, you know, my security person uh, came as well and was just absolutely, and you stayed yeah. all day long, all of you. What was your favorite? Well, one of the favorite moments, I mean, I think we took a lot of group photos and we got we all got to sit on the steps together. And I remember, you know, somebody saying like, you can go in the can if you want, just because like, I loved Oscar the Grouch. And like, literally, I remember like crawling underneath <laughs> through to like come out of the can like somebody has a picture of me just like popping my head through but one very vivid memory that that I have is I think it was like me and Jimmy kind of like in the like like knee deep in the swag closet and you got and and I think you were kind of like guys like like, not like behave but like what, what the hell is going on here well, I did feel you like you're my children a bit. And I, I was sort of like tell you, you know, only one it toy. It definitely you know felt I mean? like that. And it, I remember when we were just planning it, it kind of did just feel like another gig because as we always were, I remember we were really busy at the time. And when we got to the lot, it kind of mm. just looked like a normal lot. But when you walked in, the magic kind of just exploded and how overwhelming it almost was. And I remember yes. crouched down in like a, what was it like a general store on set or something like that? And I still had my yep. laptop out. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, the shop. Working still. Oh, but you're doing work whilst I was acting away with the Mr. Yeah. What's his name from yeah. the store and, and uh, Elmo. <laughs> After lunch, we got to go into the cupboard where they kept the sort of the dead mm-hmm. puppet, the, the puppets that mm-hmm. weren't being used. 
and we got to take pictures of them. It felt kind of, it felt slightly pervy and weird because they were all like on their sides and and sort of asleep in this big sort of locker. And we went in and sort of picked them all up. And t- and I remember it was, slightly, it was horrifying when like they were like, look up. And like, I think it was like yeah. Snuffleupagus was like hanging from the rafters. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, you know, like, like my childhood was yeah. blindfolded. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, because it's because, big eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And they do that. I think they were telling us because, <laughs> you know, t- so that it's not kind of like a creepy thing. Wait, wait. They, they blindfold Snuffleupagus. So he's not scary when he's hanging. I they, I think they, they they blindfolded a lot of the doll of the the characters when they weren't in use because it kind of like was this like unwritten like thing it sounded like bet- amongst them that like it was like respectful to do with the the, <laughs> the doll. I mean it, it it yeah. I don't remember that. Do you know what I do remember is the day before I shot the thing, I had to come in to record my song. And I, I went on the set and they were like, oh, you know, come and meet everybody. And so I was just, I went on to, you know, you walk on and there is actually Sesame Street, yeah. the, 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 the street that you've seen in. And uh, I remember, you know, saying, oh, is, um, is, uh, is Big Bird in, 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 in my episode? And they went, oh, no, Big Bird's not in your episode. Actually, he's not working. They actually said, he's not working today. I was like, oh. I said, where is he? And and they took me into a corner. And it was like, <clears throat> you know, the Blair Witch Project. Remember that scary film? Yes. So you know, <laughs> you know, at the end, when they go into some cellar and the scary person has made the boys turn their backs and they have a, I think they're blindfolded as well. They'd have to turn their backs away into a corner. She took me into the corner of the studio and there, with his back to us, in a corner, was Big Bird. <laughs> and it was just chilling. And I took a photo. <laughs> and like the lady said, I said, can I take a photo? She went, you must never show that to anyone. <laughs> I was like, I absolutely won't. I have shown. I've not, I've not posted it or anything like this, but now I'm talking about it. I'm sure I'm allowed to talk about a photo. You know what? It's called Alan Cumming Shelves. Sue me. But I just find it hilarious that they leave. So they leave Big Bird facing the corner. Maybe he was blindfolded as well. And Snuffleupagus. Snuff, Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. He's he was hanging, he was hanging above us. yeah from the rafters like you know from these you know obviously I'm sure it was a heavy you know with all of that kind of material I mean so but yeah, yeah. hanging directly above yeah. us kind of docile what swag did you get Jimmy I remember we got a couple we we got a couple extra things for the God Kids I, I, picking that stuff out was fun but I remember I got a little Elmo puppet and I actually still have it and a tiny little Grover. That I still have as well. I, I've still got on uh, my bigger, my older iPod, uh, iPad. I've got an. Uh, uh, oh, Elmo! That's right, Elmo. I've got an Elmo uh, iPad cover, which I still use. I mean, it's so fascinating to me that like things like that from our childhoods, or especially from your childhoods, have such sort of you you lose your reason. I mean, you you two were both like. Uh, you'd lost your minds that day. You know, you were, if you would say, if it was another show, imagine if you were saying, okay, today you're going with Alan on a set. And what you're going to do, Nicola, is you're going to climb under the set and get inside a dustbin to have your photograph taken. I mean, and that you, Jimmy, are going to be like clambering into a cupboard to, to take photos of dead puppets. <laughs> and just to kind of elaborate on like how <laughs> much it plays into us, you know, I can say that it keeps recurring. First of all, I remember, I, I, and I still have, I have a, a, an Oscar the Grouch mug that I got that day. But, you know, in recent times, mm-hmm. I think I was like 
on PBS one night, I don't know if it was December or November, there was this whole special um, where it was like celebrating, I think it was the 50th anniversary of Sesame Street. And they had like, you know, Wynton Marsalis and they did this kind of whole like jazz at Lincoln Center thing. And I was just watching the puppeteers mm-hmm. kind of doing it, but just feeling such a sense of warmth. And then further to that, like there's a, a sock company. I'm not, I don't own any stock in it, so I'm not doing a plug here, but, <laughs> but that recently <laughs> just came out. That yeah, recently yeah. just came out with a complete box set of socks, each pair has a different character on it and i bought it for myself as one of my christmas gifts <laughs> i love <it>. yep. <laughs> yep i love that yeah there's something about like the you know the because the sort of idea of, of having having been there and seen it it's it's sort of like you know it, it's like going into the wizard of oz or something it's like there's something magical about it how did you tell people about it jimmy how did you describe i it remember to the thing that i really described to people was how interesting and cool it was to see the puppeteers who were operating all the Sesame Street characters, how, you know, if they messed up a line or they had to take a second, they didn't break that character. You know, if he was working Elmo and doing the Elmo voice and he flubbed up a line, he would do the Elmo voice and say, oh, can we start over again? Let's start from the top. So I kept talking. And I remember how cool it was. Carol Spinney was the man that did the voice of Oscar the Grouch, who was obviously you know, because you were Mucko Polo, I believe your name was, um, was really involved in your yes, storyline. Right. I remember seeing him just sit in his chair. Someone else operated the puppet and he would mm. do the voice, yes. which was really cool. Yeah, he's he was quite old. It was, you know, I thought it was so He's died yeah. since then, poor thing. But he was very old. And so he wasn't operating. And But what they did was they had him still do the voice and someone else operate it. And they had someone actually with them. Uh, you know, sort of prompting him and turning the pages for him. I thought it was actually really lovely to see a family. Like, they they were still keeping him. I mean, he was kind of really, you know, he he he'd kind of wasn't doing his job as well as he used to. And But they were still keeping him there and, and supporting him and, and, and working around him. And I thought that was so lovely well, and charming. It was very lovely. That, that, that sort of fa- family. You know, because um, uh, I remember that too, that thing about when, like, if, because they're on these little skateboards, the, the the puppeteers. You know, when you're actually oh, in a right. scene with them, because they're, they're 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 they've got their hands at the puppets and they're sort of acting with you up here, but down below, so they can move around. They're on these sort of funny little skateboard things, and they, it's a very elaborate dance that they do. Going, you know, you've got to block it so that they can get by you and things like that. And they would do that thing of they would go, they would sort of go, oh, you know, oh fuck it, I got it. Sorry, Alan, I got, I came right in your way. Let's go again. Fuck me! I've got to stop that. It was that was to me the most hysterical and disturbing thing was hearing a puppet and it's being dirty. Which I think Carol Spinney also did that. I, I think he also did a curse word and just to hear him as Oscar the Grouch say something was kind of like. <gasps> <laughs> Do you know there's a new thing? There's a new which I've done as well, of course. Uh, a new one on Apple Plus called Apple TV Plus called The Helpsters, and it's uh, by the by the Sesame Street people, and it's um. It's about uh, there's a store and they they help sort of have a shop and they help people and do things. And I was someone who uh, I was a dancer and I'd forgotten I couldn't make up a dance and they helped me do a dance. And it's actually it's kind of I find this kind of disturbing. It's actually a show about teaching kids coding. Oh, geez. You know, it's like actually. Yeah. So my one was about looping. Mine was about we'll do a dance and we'll do the same movement and go round and round and round. So there's actually they're using the Sesame Street characters kind of to brainwash the uh 
children of the world into learning about, you know, uh, computer coding. How do you feel about that? Personally, I think it's actually a great thing. I think it's a really useful, <laughs> you know, Sesame Street was always a very instrumental and pivotal tool for educators. You know, and I think yes. that a lot of times when people weren't necessarily uh, able to attend or receive a certain level of education, you know, it definitely helped supplement things for them. Um, and also it helped a lot of people, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that it helped them learn English, you know, where English wasn't their first yes. language. Yes. And, I've seen that you know, too, yeah. there's just... Just to kind of go back and to touch on like kind of something you asked Jimmy as well, or both of us, but, you know, it's just, it, it brings up this feeling of, you know, innocence and, you know, a different time in your life where you were perhaps more carefree and weren't worrying about, I've got to pay the mortgage and I have a credit card bill and I've got to put food on the table and it kind of just takes you back and not to kind of digress from this topic, but, you know, the one other time that I can really say I actually really remember feeling those those feelings you know was another alan wonderful alan thing which was your birthday and that was the first time i'd ever been to, to disney and going and seeing the parade ah. and walking into even the gift shop at disney and being like wow you know like i did not experience this yes. in my childhood and this it just feels as you said it earlier just something magical about it Hello, I'm Sam Walker. I've spent the last few months talking to this guy. I'm a hunter. It's what I do. He's called KC. Our rules of engagement are pretty simple. If we have to pull a trigger on one person, they're all going to go. He's an American vigilante. And there is one of the biggest men I've ever seen. And he's got a knife in his hand. He rescues kidnapped children. There's no feeling in the world like putting a child back in the arms of its parents. By any means necessary. Well, it's ugly. You want me to make sure I don't hurt anybody? He scares me. And he kind of looked at me and I said, I swear to God, I said, if you do anything other than what I told you to do, I said, I'm going to kill you right here. And he might scare you. About got tears in your eyes right now just thinking about that, don't you? Download the podcast, American Vigilante. Download American Vigilante. Out now. Now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thank you. 
I had my f- joint 50th birthday party with uh, Grant, my husband, which uh, Jimmy was instrumental in arranging and uh, uh, making happen uh, at uh, Typhoon Lagoon in Disney World in Florida. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, it's interesting you should say that, Nicola, because exactly what you're saying there, um, we sent this thing out. We wanted to do a big fun thing and um, we sent the invitation out and people were like, you're having your party at Disney World? <laughs> you know, there were a bit, there's a bit... <laughs> A lot of sniffiness about it. And I'm like, you know what? If you, you have to open your heart to Disney. You have to, if you, you know, yes, we're doing that. We're going for it. We're doing it in a water park. Everyone's going to be in their swimming costumes. We're all going to be drunk and going down slides. It's going to be great. And if you can't, you know, if you can't open your heart to that and, and think that's a good idea, then don't come. Because you can't, you can't, you know, you can't be on the fence about an experience like that. And I think that's the thing that what I loved about that party, well, many things, was that that this seeing everyone let go and seeing people just screaming coming down a a, a, a slide and everyone getting a, a what do you call it when it goes up your bum wedgie, wedgie. wedgie wedgie everyone getting a wedgie and you know all my agents and all my all these different people from all over my life all having this great experience and letting go and it's actually a, childlike things like that are the best things to do to sort of get everyone in the same place, in the same zone. I loved that. It was so fantastic. Do you look back on that fondly, Jimmy, or do you just think it was the biggest nightmare of your it's life? It's my favorite <laughs> thing I've ever done in my professional career, for sure. Is it, it really? It is truly it really? is. It really. It, it was. It was so stressful for you and I, and the lead up to it yeah. was so much work, and it was very intense with all the like, you know, presentations they'd give to us and. All those things, but oh, the Dis- the Disney red tape was yes. intense. Closing down, closing down Typhoon Lagoon, <laughs> and bringing in loads of booze. Remember the thing about the booze? We were getting Campari America were sending us lots of free booze, and it had to be it had to come two weeks early because it had to go through customs at Florida. Oh, right. I mean, it was all crazy things like that that you'd never imagine. And you know what? People never talk about that party. It was it was obviously a pool party, a huge pool party, but a pool party nonetheless. No one ever talks about that it poured down rain for a good majority of the time. That's right. I'd have forgot that. Yes. Like, remember Rufus? But it was hot. Singing Florida somewhere rain. over the rainbow. Yes. It's magical. Like, just crazy. One of those moments. You just, and he, that wasn't, we hadn't asked him to do that. No, no. He just got up and, 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 and did it. And uh, yeah, that was magical. And also, <laughs> I love the thing about, uh, you know, we could control the waves. Oh, right. Because the waves... <laughs> We could control the frequency and the height of the waves. And I just thought that was, I was crazed with power about that. And do you remember all the thing we had to like, we were allowed to choose the uh, lifeguards. Do you remember that, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, that was we weird. sent pictures. Right. I know, all these hunky boys. And I remember they said to me, oh, would you like a, would you like a, 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 a surfing display? And I said, what's that? And said, well, you know, because it's the fake beach, we can like, you can have there's lights and smoke and music and these boys, the lifeguards do a sort of a da, you know a sort of surfboard show and the the waves go high and they can surf and everything like this and then what they will do is they will all <clears throat> you know uh, present the show and then at the end they will come down together to the beach and you know present themselves to you Alan and Grant for your birthday and I was like I do not I am going to be fifty years old I do not want some twenty two year olds with zero body fat and abs of steel to be surfing towards me on my 50th birthday no so we didn't have that we just had them at the side of the sea um 
looking gorgeous. Wasn't there also a thing with the characters where they couldn't have characters? Oh, right. Nicholas right. Only Mickey and Minnie could come. Yes. Why is because that? Because if we got Mickey and Minnie, we couldn't get this character. And Oh, they're never seen. Yes, some, some characters are never seen with each other's. Exactly. Yeah, but we, I mean, we wanted Mickey and Minnie. That's the money. Mickey and Minnie are the money. And I remember someone being like, I want Goofy, and then being like, oh, Goofy doesn't leave the Magic Kingdom or something unusual like that. That's right. That's right, yes. Yeah, they talk about them like they're, you know, it's like, you know, Kofi Annan or something. They talk about these. The Dalai Lama. Yes, sorry, Goofy is not able to travel. Um, but that was another thing that we, you know, we said to everyone, thanks for coming. And then, and then, and Mickey and Minnie, and that's when we said, we, they appeared and we, we, everyone sang happy birthday. And then I said, and now Mickey and Minnie are going in amongst you and you can get photographs. And so Mickey and Minnie went down and it was like a mob scene. It was like, you know, like the Beatles or the Spice Girls or I don't know. Everyone went nuts and slightly mobbed. I was slightly worried for Mickey and Minnie for a moment. <laughs> I remember in the hotel, they kept going, welcome home. And that was a little creepy. Uh, yes. Yes. I know. And have a something. Di- what do they, what's that? They say, have a something day. Maybe have a magical day. I can't quite remember. Have a magical day. So, yes, it is slightly menacing. Can you remember any of the other challenges of that um, experience? I remember the food trucks. The chef was under the impression that he was only going to be serving for like an hour. Um, so at one point, all the food was going to go and it was it was very stressful. But I think the chef and the cooking staff were having such a good time. They decided that they'll stay for a little bit longer um, because I remember oh, the employees yeah. saying it was more fun uh, than their typical party. Um, and I also remember. Oh, that's nice. The the night before that we had a, we didn't throw a welcoming party but someone very kindly threw a welcoming party for you and there yes was only... our friends uh, Cindy and Howard from, yes. from from Dallas they threw us a lovely party in the, another part of the magical kingdom and they only had one boat going back and forth to this location so it took forever for us all to get there <laughs> that's <laughs> right we all eventually that's did that's right yes it was I mean I think it was so great because. Everyone who made the like even like Cindy and Howard, they they they're these lovely people I know from a another strain of my life. Like they're sort of big. Uh, I go to Dallas to this art thing, a big uh, fundraiser for for uh, AIDS research. That's how I know them. And they'd never been to Disney World. They came. I thought, bless them. And they, you know, they had a great time. And I loved it that the, the it was so interesting to see who of my friends were willing to sort of take a risk and say, I've never done this, but Alan and Grant are doing it, so I'll give it a go. And I think everyone had a, you know, had a really great time after after they did it. I can't believe you never went to Disney World or Disneyland, Nicola. Never. But did your ki- did kids at school go and you felt jealous or no? Uh, very much so. I mean, I, I remember some, it was somebody like maybe even a family member. I still have the, the, the ears with the name on it. You know, like you have uh-huh. those caps that they can embroider your thing. And yeah, I yeah, I know. At a very young age, that I guess somebody had maybe brought back for me when they went. And and Jimmy, had you been? I had been. We When I was on the Billy Elliot tour, we did all the parks in one day. I had a friend working there, oh and God. she gave us passes for the day, and I gave her tickets to Billy Elliot performance. And we had a Disney mega fan on the crew. Um, for Billy. So she went along with us and she had this master map and we were able to do like a little appetizer of everything 
in one day, but that was it. That was the only time I had went before that. Wow. Wow. Cause it is overwhelming. I mean, and the other thing is that, you know, you have to, you have to, if you know how to do it, you can like sneak through this way. You get to this thing quicker. Not, you know, there's real sort of Disney. I've gone, I've been lots of times, but I, I, well, the best time is when I've, best times is when I've had a guide, you know, when you have a person yeah. that takes you and, and also that you get, it's the best thing ever. I mean, it's actually awful when you see people's faces when you're being taken to the front of the queue and there's all these kids screaming about what and then you just walk right past them and get on the ride and then also if you want to go on it straight away again you just walk back on again it's actually terrible but it was also magical because your nieces and your nephews and your mom and everywhere yes they were all able to experience that which was nice yeah and also i remember the thing that i think i think we um we got that for free if i did a picture with Mickey and Minnie. That's correct. That was yeah. the sort of the trade-off. And so the thing was, what was it? I, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I would pay to have a picture of Mickey and Minnie <laughs> in front of the, of the castle. And so I, there's a hilarious, um, you know, they had a cake and everything and Mickey, Minnie and me. And then it was just so funny because uh, it, it, when it was in magazines and things, like that, so I just said, Alan Cummings celebrating his 50th birthday with Mickey and Minnie. No sort of context at all that I was uh, having a party in Typhoon Lagoon or anything like that and I just I thought people just think I'm one of those celebrities like like sort of a weird Scottish Michael Jackson that just goes to Disneyland all the time and talks to people in outfits it was fantastic though of course there was also the uh, sex in the bushes incident did you know about that? Wasn't sure that was going to come up on this one. <laughs> it's come up. I was hoping it would. <laughs> Tell us, Jimmy, what, what's the scoop? Well, I, <laughs> you know, I just remember vaguely Brooks, Alan's best friend, Brooks, um, who's a goddess, coming up to yes. us at like the next morning or something like that, saying, well, who got busted for having sex in the bushes? And you and I were like, huh? <laughs> and I, I guess someone was caught by disney police what, disney a, police. what a title yes <laughs> um and they were let go because you know it was it was a fun party etc 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 but <laughs> to my knowledge it has never been figured out who the people were although i do have my suspects I, me too, and I think I actually think there were a couple of incidents. That's the other thing. There was so there was there was there was something happened near the bus, yes, yeah. everyone, because some people saw some things, and then there was something in the bushes that I think the policeman, the Disney policeman, I imagine the Disney policeman's got little Mickey Mouse ears on as he you know says, "Excuse me, sir, come out of those bushes, put your pull your pants up." But it's so hilarious how it went over. We were trying to get to the bottom. I mean, I love the fact I had a party at Disney World and people were caught having sex at it <laughs> i think it's very on brand and and but also it's fascinating about the sort of the chronology and the sort of investigation and the narrowing down and at one point uh, jim you have to say you were a suspect it was, I was you having sex in the bushes i was anything to say about that i was with you if you remember next to the lockers smoking pot <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> that's right we were smoking we were smoking weed at Disney World. Yeah, we were. And so, yeah. Oh, that's it. We did get caught. A man came and told us to move on, Yeah, didn't we he? did. Yeah. I think I said it's my party. I think I, I kind of pulled it. I thought, you know, I'm not going to, you're not going to shame me for smoking weed at my 50th birthday party when my swimming trunks, young gentleman. Uh, oh, that's right. So, so you mean it couldn't have been you because you were with me doing another crime? 
yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and I remember being <laughs> very busy until like an hour before the party actually finished up. And then yes. we went back to your hotel room. And that's where I got to know Evie, your niece, very well. Oh, they, that was so great. Yes, I, they had a great time. That was actually that was a really magical time. And after that, after that, uh, after the party, the next day, Evie and Tom, uh, my niece and nephew, and my other nephew, Gary, and my brother, and Daniel and Lance and I, we all got on a, in an RV and did a road trip for a week. We went to we went all the way from Orlando down to uh, what do you call that, that thing? The little islands at the bottom. Um, Key West. Key West. You went all the way down to Key West. Hudson stopped off in various places. Then went all the way back, all the way up to New Orleans because I, I was doing a concert in New Orleans the next week. And the thing is, Florida is so fucking big. I've said it's like Ikea. You can never find the way out. It was just, it took us forever. But it was such a magical time to sort of spend so much time with my, it was the first time really I hung out with my niece and nephews as adults, you know, yeah. properly as adults. And it was so funny, like talking of smoking weed. I was doing that with my, with one of them. Let's leave it at that. And I remember saying to this, to my, to my relation of no, of, you know, no gender, because I'm not, I would spoil it, uh, that I, we were, we were hiding behind like a, a, a hut on a beach of this hotel we were staying somewhere where they had, where they had like the uh, deck chairs and things. This is at night and we're hiding there, you know, smoking. And I said, God, I used to do this with your mum. Like hiding from your dad, and now I'm doing it with you hiding from your dad. <laughs> and then I said, also, I think your dad knows. You know, <laughs> it was so crazy, boys. This was great, and uh, thank you for uh, not. We went, we went from Sesame Street to to Disney. We've gone through the whole gamut of sort of American uh, kiddie cartoon lore today. But thank you very much for coming down this walk down memory lane with me. And um, we should be thanking you for the the memories and the experiences. Yeah. Ah, bless you. But that uh, yeah, that day on Sesame Street was I'll never forget it. And uh, and also, luckily, we have lots of evidence that we'll never forget it. Photographs and <laughs> loads of uh, loads of. Uh, and also, what's nice is that it was one of the good things about being an actor is that you know when you're in, I've been in lots of kids' films, and I love it because it's like you know kids see you as a kid, and then they see it later and they remember you. And I always get people will send me a little picture saying, "I'm with, I'm watching you. You're on Sesame Street. My kids are going nuts." And it's just a really lovely thing. So I would recommend any young actors out there start doing kids shows because you get them while you're, they're young, <laughs> and then you know before too long they'll be running the studios and we'll give you lots of jobs. <laughs> All right, boys. Thanks so much, right. and I'll uh, talk to you anon. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for being on my podcast. <laughs> Well, it's time to put my Marco Polo sign back on the shelves. I hope you've enjoyed this little trip down <laughs> childhood memory lane with Nicola, Jimmy and myself. And I hope you'll join me next time on Alan Cumming Shelves. Alan Cumming Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming, duh, and produced by the lovely Jack Claremont. We are part of the ACAS Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We just love networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is 
The Joe Marler Show. Joe is an England rugby player, but here's the catch. His guests are normal people doing normal jobs. He's meeting teachers, chefs, stunt women, tattoo artists, marine biologists, astronauts and soldiers. And he's asking all the questions you or I would ask. It's as simple as that. But it's also charming because everyone is interesting if you ask the right questions. Just search for The Joe Marler Show in your podcast app. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.